Sabbath afternoon to everyone. My prayer thought is about heaven, but from a different direction, as it were. The heavens were created by God, and it includes everything, of course, that exists. And uh, this is a picture of the Orion Nebula that struck me. Uh, very nice picture. And um, Brother Hadif says that if one were to take flight on the wings of light to the great nebula Orion, it would take him 600 years to reach that far distant wonder in the heavens. And today, uh, astronomers have uh, set the distance at um, 1,344 years plus or minus 20 light years, which is, uh, I never had seen that plus or minus type thing in the past. It shows that they are getting wiser because they can be plus or minus quite a little bit. So, uh, we will, um, on our way to heaven, be traveling a lot faster than the speed of light. And um, heaven, when we speak of heaven, um, it is distinct from the heavens. And uh, uh, there are many things in the heavens, uh, but heaven is the center of the universe, the center of creation, uh, where God's throne is. So the message teaches. But it's uh, many people, when they see Brother Hadif say something, uh, or other religious people say something, the earth is 6,000 years old, or whatever, many people uh, have um, doubts about these things or frank unbelief because they've been told otherwise in school, by the media, and so on. This is a picture of the Milky Way galaxy, our galaxy. It's a reconstruction in, uh, or artist depiction. Um, and they'll correct that picture too as time goes on. But as you see the little arrow where the sun is, um, the bottom was um, uh, captioned, you are here, give or take. And that's a good um, caption because this is about a missing 2,000 light years. Uh, a new measurement puts the sun 2,000 light years closer to the center of the Milky Way. The official distance set by the International Astronomical Union in 1985 is 27,700 light years. But a new study has confirmed that we are actually about 25,000 light years from the center. 
And I captioned that, what's 2,000 light years, missing light years among friends? Um, it's a lot, and once upon a time, they thought they were very exact, and they didn't put in error uh, bars the, uh, or measurements. Uh, they would give you the exact number. 2,000 light years is a long ways to be off. I don't know that you really have a feeling for that, but it is. And when scientists say things today, people tend to just swallow it, accept it. But brethren, anybody who can misplace 2,000 light years is not someone you should be putting all your confidence in. And they do misplace a lot of years, a lot of time. And uh, we don't know everything about everything, but we know that God is always right. And man, not so much. Sometimes he will get it right and sometimes he won't. So don't be um, disheartened. The young people especially sometimes become disheartened. They go and they start to learn things from their teachers and professors who seem so wise and knowledgeable about so many things. And um, remember this, um, those professors misplace 2,000 light years for quite a while. And I want to just read this thought from uh, 2SR, page 263 is the last part of my prayer thought. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be rise, raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 51-54. And Brother Adolf says, As the living saints witness the dead of all ages rising from their dusty beds, it will bring joy indescribable. Then to behold friends and loved ones as they meet each other clothed in glorious incorruptible bodies, marching through space by sinless planets, and finally into the heaven of heavens. And it's a uh, wonderful thought. Um, we don't know exactly uh, what everything, how everything will be done, but we know that these things are true and that um, the, the righteous dead will be raised to indescribable joy and we will never more part uh, all of those who are raised uh, at that time and to finally make it to the heavens of heaven the, the heaven of, of heavens brethren this is a our real goal this is our real destination this is the purpose of everything we do the Lord's words are sure, uh, they are true. If we are faithful on our side, 
to do the things that he asks us, he is going to be faithful to make sure that we are among these people, either who are um, already living or resurrected at this time, if not before, of course. And it is, it will bring a joy indescribable to us to be part of this. When we look back, uh, we, Sister White has uh, told us, and we know this is true, when we look back, we will not really be able to see anything that was a difficulty for us. It was not at all a great trial, a great uh, trouble uh, on our part. It was uh, worth it, worth it uh, many, many, many times over. And that's hard to understand sometimes when the world is right here and heaven seems so far away, but heaven is really not so far away. From uh, Paul's time to our time is a long time. And we live at the end of this world's history. I could show you some time numbers that would surprise you. I won't because it might surprise some of you too much. <laughs> But the point is, is that time has run out for this world. It really has. We live at the end of the period of time that allotted to this world. And it is not so long before we see all these things. And it's going to be well worth it. Even though the world is right here with its lies and deceptions, uh, it's tinsel, it, it, it is, uh, tinsel is shiny, but it's worthless. And that's what the world offers, everything in the world. It is worthless compared to what the Lord offers. An eternity with the Lord in heaven and the new earth. Nothing else can compare. And brethren, don't be deceived. Don't let anything ever give you the slightest uh, doubt. Heaven is worth it. It is worth uh, a, a, a thousand times over uh, saying goodbye to everything in the world. It's a very good deal. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that we have the privilege to come together this Sabbath afternoon to worship you, to learn of you, and to um, grow closer uh, to you. We thank you for the way that you have watched over us uh, in this last, the past year, in the, all the dangers and the difficulties that uh, have surrounded us. And we know that you will lead us all the way home uh, if we are faithful. And we ask that you put that desire in our hearts, that we uh, desire it more than anything, to faithfully follow you all the way. We pray for those brethren who, are, who have problems, who have uh, um, family difficulties, who have health problems and other uh, 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 
uh, circumstances beyond their control, that you will be with each one of them, that you will comfort them, and that you will enlighten their mind and help them to know uh, how uh, they, uh, and what they should do in those circumstances. And we pray for the brethren that you will touch their heart, that they help uh, those that they uh, learn about, and that um, we be doers of the word, uh, uh, not only uh, hearers of the word. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Why God gives us rules to live by. Rules, uh, um, religious rules, Christian rules is what the world does not want to hear about now. This is the part of religion that they don't want anything to do with. And there are non-Christian scientists and philosophers out there who know better, but they're afraid to speak right now. But the rules that we live by are for our own good. And there have been studies done by scientists and books written by philosophers to show that there is a reason why society has certain rules. And remember, this society in particular was the rules were based on the Judeo-Christian religion. There is a reason, brethren, for rules, for uh, uh, the Lord giving us um, his law, his requirements, his instructions to live by. And the reason is, is that God loves us. This is from um, DG, Daughters? Huh? Daughters, of God. Daughters of God. Yeah, thank you, 170. Um, uh, Jesus loves you and he wants you to be happy even in this life and to be a light in the world. This is a fundamental principle that every Christian, every Davidian should know. God loves us and he wants us to be happy. We're his children. You always want your children to be happy. You want them to be safe. You want them to be well cared for. And you want them to be genuinely happy. Now, as a parent, you know that sending your teenage uh, child to a, a, a wild party is not the way to true happiness. The child may w actually want to go, even if it's not a wild party, just a semi-wild party. <laughs> and they, they feel like they're losing out, that these rules of, of religion, they have really uh, ruined their life. But you know that that's not true happiness. It doesn't bring true happiness. And, and the Lord has, as our, as our concerned father, he has given us rules to live our life by for the same reason, that without these rules, we will slip into things that are not for our best, in our best interests. We will do things that uh, have an immediate um, uh, 
reinforcement or immediate pleasure, fun, whatever, but a long-term consequences that are very unhealthy. Drug use is a perfect example, of course. And alcohol, alcohol is in some ways even more perfect because <clears throat> as you take that sip, for how many people who have not ha taken that sip don't bother, but as you take that first sip, that first drink, it promises you a lot. And you take the next one and it will promise a, a, a good bit too. But here's the thing, it will never deliver the full promise, the full positive promise, it doesn't. And you have to chase it, but you'll never catch it. You will never uh, reach that benefit. It was a deceptive promise. And it's even more deceptive because it comes with drawbacks, many, many different health uh, and life drawbacks. And that's, uh, it is because the Lord loves us that he has instructed us, given us rules about these things, about drugs, about drinking, about life in general. Lots of rules because there's lots of things in life, for situations in life for us to come up against, to, to, uh, to, to, uh, to need instructions on what to do. <clears throat> But here's the thing to remember in each and every case, God loves us. And even though we may not fully understand why, <coughs> excuse me, why he says something, he is saying it because he loves us and he wants the best for us. The Lord desires us to be spiritually and physically healthy that we may exert a pure, wholesome influence then he can impart blessings to us to impart to others. And it's a circle. And as we obey and as we are blessing to others, the Lord blesses us in turn. And these blessings are real. They are real now, here and now. You will be happy, you will be healthy, you will be strong when others are weak. You will uh, avoid uh, health problems when others have those health problems. It's not that you're going to walk on water now. That's not what he promises, but he does promise to bless us. And in this sense, uh, the, those who obey, they will, um, they will uh, in one way or another, uh, receive these positive gifts from the Lord these good things from the Lord. And we don't even know, uh, and we take for granted the many ways the Lord blesses us, but he does. And if you doubt it, uh, look around in the world to those people who are not walking in the light. There's tremendous pain and suffering, uh, ill health, disease, lots of troubles, brethren. And every one of us here should be thankful that the Lord is blessing us. As we do what he tells us, he blesses and protects us. The Lord's way is always the best way. We are safe while we follow him who says, learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart. Medical Missionary uh, 168. The Lord's way is always the best. Uh, 
the, uh, if you are, have children or if you have uh, babysat children, if you watched or looked after children, little children, you will know that they have lots of questions, lots of concerns, lots of ideas of why they shouldn't be allowed to do whatever they want to do. You as the adult, or as the grown-up or the older person, you know why they can't do whatever it is. But they don't know and they complain, they, they, they will argue, they will ask why, why? Okay, the favorite uh, question of a two-year-old of whatever age and you know and you don't have to uh, worry about it that you know that you you are uh, as a as the caretaker you do understand what is best uh, for that child in that particular situation bedtime uh, um, uh, eating his food eating his peas uh, whatever coming in when it's dark at night. There's many different little things, but you know uh, what is the safest right course for that child. Well, the Lord also knows for us, and none of us should ever doubt this. He knows what is best for us. He has put what is best for us into the Bible, into the message, into his message to us. And we should never, um, I know all of us here understand these things perfectly intellectually, but we have ways of showing our doubt and so on anyway, okay? We have ways of, of asking questions and, and, uh, and asking why and so on, and we try to slip it around as it were so it's not obvious, or sometimes we can fool ourselves too. But brethren, uh, it, in no case should any of us ever doubt that the Lord's ways are the best. He has lined up the way we should go. He has told us what we should do. We aren't doing it. We are going about our life pretty much like the world. Except on Sabbath, I give everybody credit, uh, we do have a happy Sabbath away from the world, but uh, six days a week, we are operating very similarly to the world. And that, brethren, is not going to work uh, going forward. We are to obey God out of love, not out of fearfulness. You have some parents who are stern and uh, even cruel, and they are looking for excuses to punish. The Lord is looking for excuses, if you would, reasons, uh, actually. He's looking for reasons to pardon us, okay? That's, the, that's what the Lord is. He will, he will look for our repentance. He will look for our, our desire to repent and, and change our ways, and he's looking for ways that he can forgive us. And so we are not to uh, serve the Lord out of fear, out of... Uh, uh, now, uh, I want to say both sides of this thought, but we are not to serve the Lord primarily because he's a hard master, and if we don't, he will, he will exact uh, the last bit of retribution from us. Okay? That is not how we should serve the Lord. 
The man who attempts to keep the commandments of God from a sense of obligation merely because he is required to do so will never enter into the joy of obedience. And this person who is doing it because it's an obligation and it's a hard, God is a hard taskmaster, uh, is not going to enter into heaven with that kind of attitude either. The first commandment is to love the Lord with all our heart. And you cannot love the Lord if you have this kind of a view of the Lord. It is merely your own uh, sense of obligation, your own sense of duty that keeps you moving in a formalistic way on the surface obeying. He does not obey when the requirements of God are accounted a burden because they cut across human inclination, we may know that the life is not a Christian life. Do you, do you know anyone or do you find the obligations burdening, burdensome? Brethren, I'm sorry to say that if we do find it a burden, we are not um, walking in the light. We are not uh, real Christians. True obedience is the outworking of a principle within. It springs from the love of righteousness, the love of the law of God. The essence of all righteousness is loyalty to our Redeemer. This will lead us to do right because it is right, because the right thing is pleasing to God. Christ's Object Lessons, page 97. Um, that principle that we will we serve the Lord, we obey the Lord because we love the Lord. This is the fundamental secret for us as uh, successful Davidians. We cannot um, be saved because we fear the judgment of God. Okay, we, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, brethren. If you fear the judgment of God, you are certain that he is a hard and, and uh, exacting uh, judge. And you will go through the motions of obedience because if you don't, you're going to be lost. If you have that view, brethren, you have the wrong view. Serve the Lord with all your heart because you love the Lord with all your heart. It, 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 the love comes first. The service naturally springs from it. The obedience comes from it. You cannot pretend, you cannot make the obedience uh, 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 come first. Uh, now, we don't say, oh, until I have the lo love of the Lord, I'll, I'll put off obeying him. Okay? We start with the love right now. Okay? You go to the Lord with a broken and contrite heart and he will start to instill that love in your heart. And you can't help but respond. The human heart uh, responds to love, okay? And as we dwell upon the Lord's love for us and, uh, and allow ourselves to be cognizant of it, we, we can't help but respond. And that changes everything when it comes to obeying the law. Let it ever be kept before the mind that the great object of hygienic reform is to secure the highest possible development of mind and soul and body. What is the purpose of health reform? It's, the, it's real easy, brethren. 
The purpose of health reform is to be healthy. God loves us and he wants his children to be healthy. And he has called us apart from the abominations of the world uh, because he wants us to be healthy and strong. All the laws of nature, which are the laws of God, are designed for our good. There's a lot in here, and mostly we're not going to talk about it, but the laws of nature, some people think these are the laws of science. They're the laws of God. He created everything. And when you study these laws uh, and uh, learn about these laws, you're learning about God's creation, about, uh, about nature. But there's, we're not gonna sidetrack in that direction. These laws of God, as pertains to our health, were designed for our own blessing, our own good. And as we obey them, we will be blessed. Obedience to them will promote our happiness in this life and will aid us in the preparation for the life to come. So uh, Christian Temperance and Bible Hygiene, page 119 and 20. Um, Obedience to health reform will um, promote our happiness and health. Uh, Adventist health reform has been the greatest boon to the church physically that we can imagine. Vast numbers, thousands and thousands and thousands of illnesses have been prevented by health reform. And this is a statistical certainty. When we see the reduction in heart disease and cancer and so on, in the Loma Linda studies and so on for Adventists, it is a certainty that this is true. And it's a powerful arrow pointing straight at the Adventist church. Us, we are the Adventist church too. And no other church in the world has that arrow pointing at them, singling them out. The Lord loves his people and he gave us this health reform message uh, to be a blessing to us. And also, brethren, it is a, a striking uh, marker of the truth. Sometimes the Lord puts a, a sign, gives us a sign and you know, people will demand a sign. I've seen this before. They demand a sign, and, and as you, they point their attention to the fact that there is a sign, it's like, oh, that? <laughs> that? <laughs> but uh, no other church has that in all the world for this length of time. Of course, there are individual people and, and, and individual congregations and so on that may have an interest in um, health at this time, but not over 150 years or so as the Adventist church has. And it's, a, it's an indicator of God's love for us. He loved us, he wanted the best for us, and many people do not, uh, do not reciprocate. They, they don't appreciate uh, the love that the Lord has given us, has shown us. Uh, he asked us to do certain things for our own good. <clears throat> With the fall of Adam and Eve, there were many, a long train of consequences. All creation today groaneth. All creation is tottering from that sin, originally of Eve and Adam. Uh, 
And so the, today, the Lord has given us a set of procedures that we call rules and regulations and health reform and so on. It is to take us as safe as possible through the minefield that um, sin has created for us in our life. And uh, those people who are like, it's too much trouble, I prefer to follow the world, I enjoy the world's uh, pleasures for a season, leave me be, let me be. And you know what, the Lord will let them be. And he, they will have the pleasures of, of the world for a season and also the problems of the world for, for maybe a longer time. Brethren, do not, um, uh, do not shrug off the Lord's blessings. His blessings and his requirements are for our own good. God endowed man with so great vital force that he has withstood the accumulation of disease brought upon the race in, in consequence of perverted habits and has continued for 6,000 years. God did not create the race in its present feeble condition. This state of things is not the work of providence, but the work of man. It has been brought about by wrong habits and abuses, by violating the laws that God has made to govern man's existence. And when you see all the disease and all the trouble and the pain in the world, there are people who have been taught by uh, Satan to say, look at this, what kind of loving God would allow this? But it is a wicked accusation uh, from Satan because it is his uh, creation. All the sin and suffering has come about uh, from sin. And it's God's work that has held things together. It is his love for us that has held things together to the degree that they are in our health, in our world, uh, all through uh, uh, creation. And the wrong habits, abuses, and the violation of the laws of health that God has made uh, uh, will have a consequence. Don't go that way. And what's so interesting about these laws, remember that these laws are, they, 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 the scientists consider them natural law, and they are busy working to discover this and that, uh, 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 different things. Well, the things that they are working to discover, they're all God's laws, God's creations. And when Sister White, for instance, said <clears throat> over a hundred years ago that two meals a day was better for most people, uh, she was inspired when she said that. Now, what has happened today is that science has caught up and is saying, yes, uh, uh, they call, they, one of the names they call it by, to, just to be different, is intermittent fast, fasting. And so if you eat all your food in six hours out of the 24, they call it with two meals in that period of time, uh, they call it uh, intermittent fasting and they have shown that it is very healthful. So the things that Sister White has told us is, are, uh, are very valid, very correct. They are not her ideas. They're the, th they're the rules that the Lord has given us to live by. Uh, we don't have to die by the things of the world. We can live uh, better by his rules. But what do we do? <clears throat> Excuse me. Our health reform says that 
uh, we should not eat largely of sugar. What do the scientists say today about sugar? We should not eat largely of sugar, <laughs> okay? But what do we do? Brethren, many of us are eating largely of sugar. Uh, we are eating many things that are not healthful for us. It's a mistake, and if we think that we will uh, go to the Lord and he will bless us while we are doing these things, he can't and he won't. And this is a true teaching that I suspect that many Davidians don't understand. You have had a full day of the world, eating cookies and ice creams and ice cream and potato chips and all the uh, garbage abominations of the world. And in the evening, you go to the Lord and pray for his blessing and his watch care over you. And what happens? What does the Lord do? He says, okay, let me just work a miracle here for this person, even though they are not living even close to the rules. Let me refresh your memory. Uh, we all think highly of ourselves since we don't eat meat. But to eat largely of sugar is worse than to eat meat, Sister White says. Is that a true Sister White saying? It is a true saying, brethren. It is. So here we are uh, uh, eating in an unhealthful way, expecting the Lord to bless us. He's not going to do that, brethren. Eat in the way that he has told us to eat. Go back to the Edenic diet, the least processed food, the most wholesome food. Now, this is something that uh, the Lord has told us because he loves us, not because he wants us to um, lose the pleasure of eating and, as the world does. That's not the reason that he tells us. It's because he knows that going to that particular party of the world is not the best thing for us. And if we go, we will pay a price. And we're going to pay that full price. Uh, he is not going to overlook our sins and say, oh, you know, um, let me just... Uh, 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 take care of things now after uh, years and years of, of sinning on our part as Adventists okay as knowledgeable Adventists Davidians so I just want to make the point here that because God loves us uh, we need to listen to him and not have the wrong habits abuses and, and violations of the laws that God has given us now religion is worthwhile for many reasons. All through our life, religion is a blessing, not just health. For you students out there, they have found that um, religion influences your grades. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but this, these are quite a bit of religion studies out there, it's surprising how many socio sociologists uh, who probably don't believe anything <laughs> are studying the effects of religion. You wonder if some of them might like wake up someday and decide, well, you know, there's so many benefits I'm discovering here. Perhaps I should be religious myself. <laughs> and maybe some of them are, we can't judge. But we do know that most in the academic world are not. Um, 
So yeah, it is. It does have a a a, a, a impact. Now, this is any kind of religion, any. There are differences, you know, uh, and um, uh, so uh, if we were to um, zoom in the microscope here and see by different religions, uh, by Christianity, uh, by um, Adventism, by, uh, by uh, uh, Davidians, okay, you will be surprised to see the little graph has another bar there that is even higher for uh, uh, Davidians, practicing real Davidians. Yes, there is. So religion pays in many different ways. And God has given us religion because he loves us. And all these things that the world scorns, the, the things that they think of so uh, old-fashioned and such a waste of time and uh, oh you're so way behind the times and so on uh, uh, they're the ones who don't realize that God knows what he's doing and he's already set up things in an optimum way for his children who will listen the world in Noah's day perished because it felt no need of an up-to-date religion no need of present truth. What a shame. What nonsense for one to try to get along without religion, without God's counsel, and without the message of the hour. 1 TG 49.10. It's true, brethren. We, religion is good for the far future. It is going to be what gets us to heaven. But it's also good for now, right now, here and now in many different ways. Uh, the research that they have done shows that less crime, uh, less uh, promiscuity, uh, less out-of-wedlock uh, 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 out uh, child children, uh, and, and these things have economic and uh, life consequences on us, okay? It's hard enough just having um, two parents to raise children, and we're not, we're not at all um, uh, endorsing any of the new crazy arrangements with more than two parents, but it's hard enough to uh, raise parent, uh, children with two, parent, two parents. Uh, it is even more difficult to work and raise children with one, uh, one parent. Very difficult, very much of a hardship. Uh, economic hardship, a life hardship. And in every case, and even economically, and this is one of the things that some people would be very surprised about to learn, but economically, just basic um, uh, earnings, uh, income, uh, yearly income, uh, people who are religious have the edge. They have that they are blessed, okay, it's a blessing, and they have a higher income than those who are not religious. And I don't have a graph here, but it's very easy to Google. Uh, Persevere, you will find the, the studies, many studies, they're true studies that's been replicated. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's known that this is so. Um, in every aspect of our life, religion pays. And true religion really pays. This is my closing thought.
Gospel Workers, uh, page 430. Some of you seem to be earnestly seeking for forgiveness of sins, for freedom in God. Do you deserve the pardon that you are seeking? No, you do not. Nevertheless, the Lord is willing to grant it freely. And just reverting to the health thought, uh, you might have been living your life in the wrong way. Uh, you might be um, 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 doing things in your life that were unhealthy. And you uh, can and should go to the Lord anytime you're ready to stop and ask for his pardon, his forgiveness. But that is not a guarantee that he will erase the heart disease or the, uh, the, the uh, uh, atherosclerosis or whatever that you have developed from that wrong habit. But he will forgive you for violating uh, his law. He will forgive you of that sin. And that's the biggest part. He does the biggest part always. But do we deserve that pardon? No, we, you, we, you don't, do not. Nevertheless, God is willing to grant it freely. And dare you withhold from your brethren the forgiveness and affection for which you do not think them worthy? There are people who do this, but it is, uh, it is a sad situation. They are running without actually um, running in the right direction right now. And if they were to continue, uh, and some do continue all the way, um, they will end up outside of the gates because uh, we do have to, we are forgiven as we forgive. Don't have a hard heart towards your brothers and sisters and the Lord is, you are cut off from the Lord's forgiveness yourself. That's a very hard saying and I'm not sure if everyone understands how strongly the message teaches that. We are forgiven as we forgive, not, uh, we, are, we are not um, automatically forgiven by God. When we uh, come to the temple and we, uh, we remember our brother has ought against us or we have ought against him, we are to leave our offering and go and take care of that matter because go ahead, take your offering of prayer to the Lord. Nothing will happen. The Lord rejects it. Would you have God deal with, um, and dare you withhold from your brethren the forgiveness and affection for which you do not think them worthy? Would you have God deal thus with you? Deal with your brethren as you wish God to deal with you. If we expect our prayers for forgiveness to be heard, we must offer them in a forgiving spirit. We must forgive others in the same manner and to the same extent that we ourselves hope to be forgiven. The hard-heartedness that professed Christians manifest toward one another is not Christ-like, but the saviors, but savers of the satanic. We must, every one of us, open our hearts wide to the love of Jesus and encourage pity and affection for our brethren. And this, brethren, is our religion. This is real religion. This is the essence of our religion. So we have a lot of rules 
and regulations, and we even have rules on how to treat each other. And in some ways, those are the most important rules, brethren. Uh, it, it is not that the Lord won't forgive us for eating unhealthful food. He will forgive us when we are sincere. But he can't forgive us uh, our trespasses against each other that we have not, um, we have not um, forgiven. If we don't forgive uh, each other, but we go to the Lord, uh, uh, he will not be able to hear our prayers. He will not be able to forgive us. It's a very well-established principle. It's, to me, it always um, uh, is uh, something that is so striking as to be almost something to be uh, worried about. I'm not saying that you should live in fear, but I am saying that this is a very powerful thing, a rule, a law that we live by. Don't forgive that person and you cut yourself off from the Lord. Don't do it. Uh, it's, it's a little odd once you get used to it, and some people hardly believe this, but once you, as you practice these things, you will offend still to a degree, but you will realize that you have offended and you will uh, apologize right away, okay? And you, you do, uh, and, and the opposite is also just as important. Someone who uh, has realized that they trespass against you, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I apologize. And it's like, you know, uh, you don't want to hear. You don't want to accept it. But brethren, you have to, because you want the Lord to hear your uh, uh, um, prayer. So let us always deal um, kindly and justly and lovingly with each other. It is our only way that we can deal with each other if we want to go to heaven. If we're planning to be uh, on that train uh, that goes all the way. And that's a metaphor, but it's a good metaphor. And um, we, uh, if we will treat each other as the Lord has asked us to do. If we follow his rules in everything, including the way we uh, treat each other, we are going to be worthy to be among those people who do make it on that glad day all the way. Sister Shelley. I'm sorry, Brother Trevor, but I have to ask this question. What if you're a very forgiving person, but the person that has wronged you will not admit the wrong that they've done or say that they're sorry. How do you handle that? Because you yourself want to make it into the kingdom. Well, that's a good question, Sister Shelley. And the message teaches that we can't worry about them. We do our part. Forgive them and uh, make sure that you don't have anything in your heart and you move on. And, and the Holy Spirit hopefully will be able to reach them at some point. But remember, that's your, their problem. You cannot force, you cannot ask them to, for, to, to apologize to you. The message, Brother Adolf actually counsels against it, okay? So, uh, and, and if you have that thought on your mind constantly, they didn't say, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't apologize, they didn't apologize. You are going to have the problem, okay? You're going to have a problem. Let it go, 
uh, you, you have to, uh, one of the th principles in the message is, we forgive before they ask. Okay, that's a real thing, okay? So they are forgiven as far as we are concerned. They do have to uh, come to the person that they trespassed against. The Lord has set it up like that. That's the rule. And by the way, it's a really good rule. It has good reasons. We don't even know all, but it does work. It is a good thing. And uh, so uh, hopefully the Lord will help them to do that. Now, let me say there is not a speaking about your situation necessarily, whatever, uh, the thought, uh, hypothetical or whatever, but there is a case where uh, people remember negatives stronger than positives, okay? Heart, few people have been traumatized by joyous things, okay? But lots of people have been traumatized by negative things. It just makes a deeper impression. So, um, people uh, sometimes forget, uh, and I have personally seen this, okay? I'm not, this is not necessarily your situation uh, or anyone else's, but I have seen people forget over the years uh, that an apology was made and they go back to the original traumatic memory, okay? And uh, so it's a true, true thing. And, uh, um, we can help them in their memory by making a statement that that was done. It's a mistake to apologize for something you already did apologize for in the sense that you, that from, from the um, spiritual point of view, you can't. You can't be forgiven twice for the same thing. Okay, it's something that everyone should know because there are people who do this with the Lord. They, they are constantly going back to the Lord for something that is already forgiven. It shows a tremendous lack of faith and lack of understanding. You have one sincere opportunity to ask the Lord um, for forgiveness. After that, it is all idle um, uh, talk on your part if you keep going back to the Lord. Because if you are sincere, if it's true, uh, and you truly have asked for forgiveness, you have received forgiveness. And you can only be forgiven, the Lord can only forgive you once for the same sin. Okay, so did someone here have uh, Sister Leyland? I was just thinking that forgiveness is a gift that God gives us, and when we give it to someone else, it's, it's a gift to them, yes, but it's also even a gift to us when we forgive. Because we're not carrying around bitterness. We're not mm -hmm. carrying around resentment. So it's a great gift that we give ourselves. So that's the, why the rules are so good. There are many, many reasons why God's rules for us, his law, I'm calling it rules, uh, there's many reasons why they're so beneficial to us. And that's one, that's a big one. It is very helpful to ourselves. And everything is done for us in the end, our own good uh, out of his love for us. Okay, brethren, uh, thank you, God bless you. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Association. You can find us online at www.bashanhill.org and you can call us at 417-835-2162.